Yeah, welcome back to the Nigerian Filmmaker, a podcast for us to talk about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selegot. On this episode, I talked to Belinda Yanga Ageda. She's a director, actor, and script editor. She has numerous screen credits, most notably for her role as MJ in MTV's Sugar Ninja. We talk about identity, the nuances of acting, and her love for creating. If you're a new listener, you're welcome, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Belinda. You're welcome to the Niger Filmmaker. Thank you. Thank you, Saleh. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So can you introduce yourself? This introduce yourself. So, my name is Belinda Dobara Yanga Ageda. Ageda is my husband's name. My, um, so, yeah, I'm a filmmaker and an actor. I'm a mom to this gorgeous seven-year-old, and I'm a wife, and that's basically. I'm a daughter. I am a sister, and that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where did this creative part start for you? Um, I guess this is such a redundant answer because everybody um, would always say, "Oh, I think it has always just been a part of me." Um, I've always been a creative yeah. um, since I was young. Um, I was always, um, I've always just been attracted to the arts. So in primary school, um, I did, I danced, I did drama. Um, in fact, I, I acted in a feature length uh, play in school in um, Hillcrest Junior Special Needs School. God, I hope that is the correct, <laughs> uh-huh. the correct name of that school. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, in Calabar. So I, I used to do a lot of dancing. I did a lot of acting. Um, then, and then when I got into high school, I picked up um, literature. So I started writing yeah. prose. And then, like, I picked up um, script writing towards the end of high school. And then okay. immediately I finished high school. I took um, I took a couple of years to dance professionally. Yeah. Yeah. And then my parents then were like, okay, so what do you want to study? And, you know, I went to Queens College. So I did all of, I did all of that in Queens College. I did all the dancing. I did, I was in drama club. I was in girls guide. Yeah. So I've just always been an, a creative, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did you study film in school? Yeah. So when I, when I finished high school, um, I took a, like I mentioned earlier, I took a hiatus to dance professionally. Yeah. So I started dancing, um, started doing, you know, being basically, you know, uh, then 
Yeah, those years, um, early 2000s, you're basically, you, you are considered a, <laughs> if you're a musician, a dancer, <laughs> you're like a homeless, <laughs> homeless hobo or whatever, yeah. a, a riffraff. So like thinking back now, yeah. So I started being one of those like homeless, looking like those homeless people, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, because I'm always in all these different places, spaces where we dance and try to choreograph um, stuff in church. Luckily for me, church, the church I attended then um, was very um, encouraging of these things. So yeah. we've started this dance group in, in church that really sort of like gave me some sort of focus. Um, and in, in the midst of all of that, I was still, you know, having this internal battle with my parents, yeah. silent battle of, okay, when, uh, when do you plan on going to university what do you want to study so i finally got into uni um in university of glasgow scotland to study software engineering okay and then while while doing that the first year, my first year um my supervisor because every every um, student is given a supervisor obviously yeah you know so my supervisor was like, oh, that she noticed from, especially from my applications, when I ap applied to the university, yeah. I had put in all these things that I had been doing, especially like my arts angle, you know, what I had been doing all these years that I didn't go to uni, these, these were the things I was doing. So she was actually like, noticed that, oh, I was very involved in the arts. I was like, oh, yeah, um, I had done this um, feature musical where I was paid, where I played Cinderella. Yeah. Um, so she, she saw all of that and then she realized that everything, all my research work, every assignment that I was given, I would find a way to tie it to um, film. Yeah. Because special effects was still, you know, um, 3D and VFX was sort of getting um, some sort of traction that period. Yeah. So I was always looking for a way to tie my course, since it was software engineering I was doing, to tie my course to to that angle of film tech yeah so she said that she noticed that and why is that and i said oh that oh yeah that once i graduate i want to like go back to school and pursue film because that's what i'm interested in doing and she was like so why do i need to wait that um she doesn't think it's wise to wait till like to graduate that i should just go and do film yeah. And that there's a film and television department in the uni. I now said, ah, hey, how do I have that conversation with my parents that are paying international school fees? Yeah. <laughs> Tuition. So I said, okay, fine, I'll ask my dad. And then she would, um, she sent an email to the dean of the um, film and TV um, department. Yeah. And he said, okay, that since he was like, I have this. Um, uh, student with me and I, I want her to transfer well she wants to transfer to your department but she doesn't have any of the prerequisite um, courses to let her transfer what would it take um, because she's like a core core science core engineering student and all so yeah. he says oh okay they can take me but unfortunately I would have to start from year one all over again since I didn't have all of the and so she was like, are you happy with starting from year one again? And I said, yeah, but that's not even my issue. My issue is whether my parents will be <laughs> uh -huh. 
happy with that. Yeah. So I said, so that night I went home and I sent an email to my dad. I remember, not home, I went to the library. I remember clearly sending that email from the library that night, that, night, that this is what I want to do. Um, and the department is happy to take me and to start from year one, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the catch is I had to start from year one and that means starting like paying tuition from scratch again. Yeah. And my dad actually just responded with, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, That's I nice. know. Yeah. <laughs> I, always, I always say it was a God moment, but yeah, so he just said, okay. So apparently my mom had spoken to him and said, you know, well, let's just let her, you know, do what it is she desires to do. And that's how I transferred to the film and television department in the University of Glasgow, Scotland. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not a f- it's not filmmaking. Yeah. So what I was doing was film and TV analysis. Yeah. Film theory, yes. So it was film theory, um, film studies, and then theater studies because they're all in the same department. So those were the two modules that I was doing two majors that I was doing yeah yeah so it's not so it's it was more it was more um the politics of film the sociology of film and theater the um the aesthetics so it was a lot of writing a lot of research papers as opposed to actual filmmaking yeah yeah it's more the the academic aspect of it yeah so um like for you, you said you're an actor yeah. and director. Which one comes first for you? Um, honestly, there's no such thing as um, as which is comes first. As long as I'm, the, I love them in equal measure. Okay. And yes, and I'm passionate about you know storytelling, storytelling as an actor, storytelling as a writer, storytelling as a director. So as long as I'm in that space. Yeah. I am content. As long as I'm in the space, I'm creating what I want to create. I'm telling a story that I'm very, very passionate about. Yeah. Then I am content. So it doesn't matter whether I'm acting or directing. So if I don't, if I'm, if I'm acting a script that I, I'm not um, convinced about that I don't like, I would be depressed. If I'm directing a project. Uh-huh. that I'm not a hundred percent sold on yeah. I would be depressed in equal measure exactly yeah. so, so how do you yeah. feel about that like having to work on projects that you're not so passionate or convinced about how do you handle that man I don't know I, I drink a lot of alcohol and look at all the bills <laughs> that I have to pay and just push forward but um um, oh, man, I don't know. Like it's um, it's such a depressing state. Yeah. It's such a sad state because uh, for me, filmmaking is such is is um is such a personal thing. Yeah. It's almost like a spiritual thing for me. So when I have to do projects that I know that I am not sold on, it's like I'm giving off of like I'm taking from my soul and I'm like giving off my essence yeah. or, you know, and so I feel I, I'm, I'm not fed. I, I'm left very empty. So, but, it, but then I have to, but then I would have to just look at, like I said, I would just have to drink all the alcohol I can drink and then think of school fees that is coming in front. Yeah. <laughs> 
for bills <laughs> and bills bills and just close my eye and do what i have to do yeah you know yeah i guess apart from the alcohol like something i i kept seeing when i was doing the research was you love red bull uh, <laughs> why is that well there's no like there's really no reason actually yeah. i just like the brand and i like the drink and it's one of the brands so i'm a very when it comes to lifestyle and branding i'm just very i'm a very um once you once a brand has um sold its its values or whatever like has gotten me emotionally invested yeah. that's it so red bull for me is not just even the drink it's the whole brand itself it's yeah. it's it's this journey it's how they came to being their marketing strategies like yes i went that deep yeah so yeah but i try not to drink a lot of it now it's coffee that has me now okay. um, so i like the brand and i hope to to do a lot of um make a lot of content with it with them yeah <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully it's happen soon fully yeah so um you were part of Benina Late Talent or Durban Talent in 2017? Um, so, you know, it's, it's sort of the same thing. Um, yeah. Benali Talents, have, yeah. they have all these, um, uh, what do you call them, branches. So, yeah, so it's um, Durban. It was the one in South Africa. Yeah. It was Durban. Yeah, Durban Talents that um, that I was, um, I was one of the alum, alumni, alumnus, which one, which one is English? Um I think it's not alumnus. Alumnus. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? How, like, what did you gain from that experience? Huh. Um. So yeah, I was just really excited. So how it works is, you know, you have all these filmmakers that you've selected from around across Africa. Yeah. Um, and we go through like a lab, so um, uh, a filmmaker's lab. So you have mentors and then you have the opportunity to pitch your projects, the projects that you applied with to financiers and, um, and see a couple of producers that talk, your, talk you through your project and your script and your story and how to package it and how to pitch it to potential financiers. Yeah. And one thing that I know is that it is important to travel. It is like these festivals are important. It is it is so key not to be a local champion because like the first day of the first day of pitch session. Yeah. Um when you have all these African stories, like you have all these people from Senegal, from from Burkina from yeah Burkina Faso from from there was one from um there's one from this really tiny African country like he always says like from the village and how they even put like put money for him to make his shorts or something like the village yeah. contributed money and they're pitching their stories like these powerful stories and I'm just thinking some of, sometimes I'll be like hey why well, no, well, no, why not be me think of this guy uh-huh. <laughs> idea yeah. you know so th- that's what I just kept thinking I was just blown away by the kind the the stories that are out there and comparing it to the stories that I mean I'm not trying to like believe too lost but yeah. the kind of stories that, that we tell here that are just so such a bore (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah that was the one thing that was that was just so brilliant for me okay 
Yeah, you've worked on um, films like Love in Time of Kekes, um, Over the Fence. Like, which was your yeah. um, directorial debut? My directorial debut was Romances. Romances overrated. Okay. Um, it was a short film that I I did in two thousand and. So I came I came to Nigeria in two thousand and nine to shoot it. Yeah. And then when I went back while editing, you know. So by the time I came back, like I came back and got married in 2012, yeah. I just decided to redo it. And while, while, so I decided that, okay, um, as I come back 2012, I'll get married. I decided I was going to remake because I wasn't so satisfied with it. Everything was rushed. Everything was rushed rush for me the yeah. first time I made the short, the short film. So I said, okay. As I was coming back, I'm going to like redo the shorts. So I was writing it. I was like tightening the script, and then while tightening the script, I I had three. Um, I was writing three other short stories, and then I realized that the three stories had the same themes, yeah, and the same ideas, and the and characters could appear in each other's worlds, and so that's how I just put the three stories inside one. I decided to shoot all three, yeah, um, as one. So like an anthology. So I shot that in 2012 uh, called Rom- um, Romances Overrated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then I went back. So after shooting, I went back of it. Um, went went back and came back again in 20. Oh no, sorry, I got married in 2012. So I came back in 2013, and when I came back in 2013, that's when I shot the film. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> when I sh- came back in 2013, came back to Nigeria in 2013, I, I shot the film. And I was back with the intention of starting my film company, Rhythm Media Enterprise, RMA Pictures. So, yeah. that was the goal. So, I was using Romances Overrated as the project to launch my production company. Um, so yeah, so in 2014, I shot another short film called Another Ordinary Day. Yeah. And then, and then got hired to direct a series. So my directorial technically, like where I started like directing was with my own film, yeah. Romances Overrated. But then I, and then I got hired to do a series for Africa, a 40 episode series for Africa Magic Mnet called Head Over Heels. Yeah. And then my first TV movie was also for um, Genevieve started uh, uh, um, an arm for where she produced her company produced um, three um, four films yeah. for Africa Magic. So I directed one of those films called Picture Perfect. Okay. Before before I even did um, I did so um, I did a couple of more films before I even did Love in Care and Over the Fence. Okay. Yeah. From your director debut, like, what was your the biggest lesson you learned? Like, what were you not expecting that kind of, I guess, shocked you with the whole process? Uh, with the process, hmm. so with wanting to make a film, which is what I wish every filmmaker. The one thing that I learned, and I wish every filmmaker was not um, stubborn, um, would just listen. Yeah. Is to make sure that you ask, um, and ask, not ask. What, um, yeah, you can ask the big names, 
because no knowledge is wasted. Yeah. But ask, like, so I'm trying to make this film with three million naira. Look for films that have, look for producers that have done that, that's made films with that same budget. Yeah. With that same idea and ask. What I wasn't ready for was Nigeria. And that's the reason why you need to make sure that you have someone that has experienced Nigeria. Nigeria is a different beast. Yeah. So it matters not what it is you have learned in LA, in yeah. London, mm-hmm. in New York. <laughs> Nigeria will humble you. Like, will tell you who is boss. That one is for your pockets. It's a... Ah, no, my God. <laughs> Nigeria and Nigeria. So... You really, really need um, the experience of someone who's gone through that and listen, listen, you know, attentively to whatever they're saying, take it in and not just one person, ask four, five people how they did their own and then use use your own wisdom because... um, that was the that was one of the ma- the biggest lessons that um I uh, I, I wished I uh, I didn't come in with that whole it's not even I wish like I wish I knew that things just ah I, I you come in with one kind of ridiculous optimism yeah very ridiculous and <laughs> and the system that you're dealing with will chew you, yeah. swallow you, vomit you, like, st- hey. so, <laughs> so what, what would you say was the thing you were like most stubborn about? I wasn't like stubborn about anything. I just didn't know. So I just didn't know that you de- you're dealing with people who go back on their words. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're dealing with people who just not show up. Yeah. So I had um, the person that I had cast, we had done reading, dude came for auditions, like came for table reads, he got cast, came for our, our table cast reading, first cast reading, did our fitting, did his fittings and everything, yeah. and when it was time for him to shoot, didn't show up, didn't pick up calls phone was didn't pick up calls after a while phone was switched off for two days on the third day he finally picks up and then i'm like ah dude we've been trying to reach you but by this time we had uh, tried to we had we've been we were trying to recast yeah and uh, yeah and and because of that that, that issue the, the disaster we went through with that location that we needed to shoot in yeah because we're supposed to shoot two days and those two days do things show up we ended i ended up having to shoot in that location two weeks because at this point now the owner was abusing us telling us to get out we'll mm-hmm. have to come at a strange time some days will come he'll say sorry it's not happening we'll wait so you say we should wait till close of business we we'll yeah. wait close of business where we want to now shoot he will say no we can't we'll go so and I'm paying for equipment daily. So I call this. So two two days after he picks up, I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm, I was sick. I was very sick. I'm like, I don't understand. What do you mean you're very sick? Like very sick. Say, ah, man, I'm in the hospital. I'm in the hospital. I've lost so much weight. In fact, 
I can't uh, do this thing. Like, you not even want me in the project. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, yeah, sorry, sorry. Only for me to find out last year. So we were watching the film. Like, I was watching it with a couple of my friends and reminiscing. Yeah. And we're just talking about it and talking about, you know, different things. Like, oh, remember when this happened here? Oh, remember we did have actor here? Yeah. Then she goes... Oh, yeah, that you were trying to call him that you couldn't reach him. I said, Yeah, so he's, you know, she now said, Ah, that she even called him while we were, like, when she was like, Where's the actor now? Now say, Like, who is the actor? Now says it's him. He's like, Oh, not even my brother. So she called, so she, she called him all that time. We called him and he wasn't answering. Yeah. Apparently, she had called him and he answered. And she was like, Nah, um, that this film sets, I hear that you're on it too now. And now you would wait for. He actually, he told her, and this is me just finding all of this out last yeah. year. He told her, oh, no, I changed my mind. I don't want, I don't want to do the project. That was crazy. Yes. I was so angry. Like, I was not angry. Like, I was so hurt. I was so hurt because I just thought about the, all the stuff I would suffer that period because of that one day of him not um, showing up. Yeah, and you don't have the decency to say to even send a message to say I'm sorry. Unfortunately, I will not be going ahead with this project. Please find a replacement. Yeah, you just disappear. You know, so you have all this little little nonsense where it's it, a lot of it is human factor. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is human was was human factor. Um, Nigerians are just very strange people. Um, very strange you, indeed. You, very strange. You you hear things like you've made an agreement to use someone's location for 150. Yeah. Then you start to shoot for 150k a day. And then you start to shoot and you now just wake up one day. Maybe I don't know whether he looks at the lights and thinks, ah, this light look expensive now. Nah. Mm. Why are they that he wakes up at this call just from nowhere says, you know what? It's no longer 150 I want. It's 500k. Mm. Are you... Ah. Meanwhile, you're working with a budget that yeah. has been locked. Yeah. Exactly. So there were all there were all of those things. There were all of those things. So let's say with this um, location example, because I guess for films you have to get location permits and all that. So in a hypothetical situation where you you would have kind of signed a location agreement for a certain fee, do you think like the country is so messed up that? people can kind of renege on that agreement. Yes, now what do you want to, what you want to, do you have, first of all, how much is the budget for your fee? So you want to carry money and carry the person to court. Do you have that time? Do you yeah. have the money? Which Nigerian, Nigerian, our Nigerian legal system don't even, they don't even understand the concept of intellectual property and all of these things. It's yeah. like, it's like how you carry some some um, issues to the police to report, and they will tell you, "Oh, that was people's family problems. Mm. Draw leave us out of it." Exactly. You come and say, eh. "Like when? Okay, do not. Okay, you filed for for the for the the case. You said, okay, this person went back on their on their uh, agreement and and didn't give us their house." Mm. for us to shoot after mm -hmm. we have agreed <laughs> and then the court and I say I don't understand it's the person's house now they say they don't want you to shoot inside yeah okay let's say you have a case court to now say oh yeah that we'll meet in the next two months 
that's the first do you understand so yeah. <laughs> Nollywood is quite poor forget all the figures we don't have the kind of systems in place for things like that yeah 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 it's actually wild shooting in Nigeria everything is just hard you want it's to do audi hard. auditions you have to call people in like you know it's this kind of thing that I feel if they're like um solutions like let's say casting websites you have a certain yes. you have a certain look you're going for you can already screen some people out from that stage yeah. you know um yeah yeah it's crazy yeah it's 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 ah it's, uh, it's tough and it's just it's a nigerian factor mm -hmm. so it's not even a nollywood thing it's just that nigerian factor that it's wild it is the jungle you know yeah i don't know if there's like a general theme but what message do you would you say you always try to put in your films like what do you want to be remembered for all oh, right okay. um for me um for me, I know that a constant for me in my stories and just always trying to infuse that is individuality yeah. and self-awareness and um, at least one character has to come to a point of self-awareness, has to um, choose self, has to be aware of who they are mm. and choose who they are. Because my gospel, my gospel is always about identity. Do you know who you are? Like, yeah. who are we as a people? And I feel like that's something that has, that it, that has continued to plague us and plagued even our stories. Because even our stories, you, it's so. For me, I just keep seeing identity crisis. Mm -hmm. Like we're not, we don't really know what it is we're trying to say. Yeah. Um, and when you don't know what you're trying to say it always stems from a place of not knowing who we who we are as first as a person as an individual then as a as a community as a nation then as a nation as a race you know yeah exactly so it's something that i'm i'm very very particular about um coming into self self-identity um, finding identity and obviously, equality and justice is are some of the topics that I, I regardless of genre. So yeah. could, it could be a, a love story, romance story, where you think, oh, it's just love. But the subtext is always about um, identity mm. and justice, equality. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And... Um... As a as a director, would you say certain directors or certain um, artists kind of influence you, influence your style, or do you kind of have this well of um, originality that you 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 try to draw from? What is it for you? <laughs> is that I, I disagree if we think that art is not influenced. There's nobody that will tell me, oh, I am an original. I lie, I say lie. We're yeah. influenced by everything that we have consumed as a human being. Yeah. You know, what we have been socialized from our belief systems to to the politics of our, the space that we live in to the literature, the school, like the friends. All those things influence our art. There's nothing that is new under the sun, unfortunately. What yeah. is new is how, what, what, I, what I appreciate is how um, you try to spin an idea, a concept, a theme. Yeah. 
yeah, in an original way, in your own way, mm. like expressing it through your own eyes. That's what I appreciate. And so for me, there are a lot of directors that I respect, but for me, my own um, my my own influences are films, not necessarily the directors. Like I like directors, yeah, but I but I'm influenced by projects. So, for instance, I am not a Scorsese fan. I respect Scorsese so much. I like his films. Yeah. But I am influenced if I I don't take any influence from his films apart from apart from uh, what's this film that had the the very innovative long tracking shots, um, the kitchen, the where the scene starts, the guy coming into going through the kitchen before he and um, what's the name now? The young staffing. Um, Irishman. No, that's the most okay. recent one. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, so that film, I take like I have things in it that influence me. Um, whatever I'm working on, I'm attracted to a lot of. I, I find myself wanting to tell a lot of um, uh, magic, no, magical realism. Maybe I don't yeah. know if that's the word, but so because of that, I've been watching um, a lot of um, films in that aspect. So it's not necessarily the directors; it's films in that genre is the thing that i'm interested in at that moment yeah that influences me the the concept i'm interested in that in that moment um how i'm feeling so there was a time where i was i was more into um action um supernatural adventure not action but supernatural stories and all that so um that's where my headspace was but I've outgrown that. I'm not interested in that anymore. Now I'm just interested in quiet dramas, mm-hmm. quiet, like really slow burn stories. And those are the kind of stories I want to tell human suffering, human identity, yeah. human uh, hair and hu- our, about our humanity. So that those are the kind of films I watch these days. Those are the things that influence me. That's the art or that's the literature I'm reading. It's the kind of music I'm listening to yeah. because that's where my head space is. So it's not particular. It's not necessarily a director that I say, oh, his style influences me. No. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Good fellas. Okay. Yeah. That's the film. I, of course, that's the film I was trying to remember. Sorry. Yeah. Good fellas. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like um I mean it's important to keep your creative juices flowing, you know, like um I guess as um working filmmakers you it might take time before like you know the jobs come. So um what other artist artistic endeavors do you do to kind of keep your creative juices flowing? I'm always writing, I'm always in story development, I'm always um watching films and reading and uh, my brain is constantly in that headspace to be honest sometimes i have to actively shut it down yeah um i'm always people watching i go out and i'm paying attention to my environment because when because writing a story like creating developing a story doesn't start with me for me my own process is not i come and sit down 
and say, right, I'm starting to write a new story. No, yeah. I'm solving story issues. I'm creating characters first. I'm trying to even find out what is this story about. So, for example, one time I was driving and one of the stories I'm trying, I'm developing. Yeah. I was driving and Lagos was driving me mad. And every time Lagos is driving me mad on the streets, I start to imagine I have superpowers. Mm. And that is how I, and, and that is how I had this character that was so angry at this bus driver. Yeah. And she just imagined the, the bus, the bus flying across the road into a, a pole. And as yeah. she was thinking, it's the bus actually. She flung it with her mind and, and she just discovered that she could move things. Yeah. So she was frightened and she, yeah. So that's basically the idea. Now I have to now find out what this story is about. Who is this girl? Yeah. Why did this power come? So I'm constantly, my brain is constantly working stories. Um, and then I'm doing work for other people, writing, editing script editing for people, yeah. reading scripts, exactly. So even when we're not, even though I would, I would rather be on set doing the actual making of the project, yeah. but a lot of the dirty work is behind the story development, the looking for money, yeah. the breakdowns, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you have, you have this point of view of a, an actor and a director like what do you think these two kind of roles have taught you that maybe other directors or other actors don't know so for me i think like the advantage of being an actor being a director actor is is just um in terms of storytelling yeah it's just yes in, in terms of just being um, very particular about um translating scripting to, to screen so because i have um i i know acting craft i can marry it's just very easy for me to know what it, exactly what it is i'm looking for in terms of performance yeah. as a director which is an advantage that i would have over directors that are just more sort of like technically inclined and my miss um important nuances especially if they haven't cast rights, yeah. which is something that we struggle, which is something we don't have here, which is casting, yeah. um, casting rights, basically. And casting, and if this director does not have um, intelligent actors that he, that he can, you know, Tarantino always says, I'm not, very, I'm not a very smart person, so I make sure that I'm surrounded by very very intelligent people so that i can't focus on my own yeah. well the intelligent people focus on their own bits yeah you know so so uh, you so i guess that that's the ad an advantage i have where you can't um in terms of very specific nuances that would translate in telling the story in terms of what we're looking for yeah. that would that would give us what the meaning we're looking for at that moment uh, because in acting, I love you can sound so many different ways. Mm. Just saying the word I love you can sound so many different ways and can convey so many different reasons and emotion. Yeah. You know, exactly. So I guess that's, that it, those are the kind of things that, um, that, yeah, that just gives me an advantage. The same way 
if you have um, a, a very creative director that ha that is not very technically inclined yeah that yes and if that director has now not um has now not been given a very good technical director which is the director of photography yeah so you get good great performance you get great storytelling but the technicalities of the film have falling down flat yeah you know because yeah because that director couldn't um so you hear things like fincher you can't you cannot um uh -huh. you can't get away with changing anything because fincher is so involved in everything his lighting his he knows exactly the kind of frame so he can say he can um say give me this frame they've worked on a frame Yeah. and then you he would you know go somewhere come back he can tell that something has been changed if you change something uh -huh. he'll be like no uh, you're like no we didn't touch it's like this is not the lights this is not the lighting this is not it like he knows for a fact so you have you have directors like that um, so yeah so i guess that's that's the advantage it gives me yeah also talking about um nuances like um probably because of like the history of our industry you know maybe a lot of theater a bit yeah. of drama you know people tend to try to act with their bodies but like because for film you have mm -hmm. everything has to be in the frame what what do you think is the power of the eyes in adding you know something special to your film like what what do you think is the oh, potential yeah. oh my god um so that yeah that's one of the things that I'm such a big person like um i have to i know that all the films most of the films i've directed i've had at least one actor that i would i would always educate and say see you don't understand the lens camera is a lover the lens will love you the lens would make love to your face like we the lens can see your soul yeah i don't need you to do all of that i just need you to just think think it and the lens will capture it in your eyes yeah and this is a conversation that i know that is it's it seems to be very um it seems for some reason it seems to be um a new concept that's in so this industry in actors yeah in this industry so every time i'm i'm having to have these conversations with actors i'm like tone it down so i would do a take and then i'm like tone it down i know that this is not what other directors ask of you mm. i know that when you go another set they'll tell you you are not acting but on my own set you are overacting you're not on stage it's it's ugly on camera yeah. tone it down <laughs> exactly so so yeah um it's a very it's a concept that um that even some actors argue with you even as an actor i get it from directors mm. where sometimes they'll be like i need more and i will be and i will say what does more mean that's you know i'll mom i'll whisper in my breath under my breath i'm like more is not a direction yeah <laughs> you have to be specific with what you're looking for but i know i know what it is they mean by more they want me to be gragra they want me to shout mm. and unfortunately if i don't feel if i feel like and then i'm one of that actor i'm one of those actors that react yeah so mine which is is such a bad thing like if the other person is not is feeding me something i am responding to what that person is feeding me i'm not um i'm not going to respond like how would you respond if someone slaps you mm. really hard eh uh -huh. if the script says you know but i'm like how would you respond 
you know, if they said, I love you a certain way, you know, what is the idea of that scene? Mm. So you just get um, directors that tell you, no, I need to start shouting. And then I'll now say, why? <laughs> They're like, what do you mean, why? I'm like, no, I, it's without prejudice. Don't get defensive. Yeah. If you explain the why to me, if I know the headspace I'm meant to be in, then I can shout. Like, <laughs> but you just don't tell me, just give me more. Yeah. <laughs> you know so so yeah it's it, it's um it's a concept that is um it's strange Oof, it's strange um when i did sugar after the premiere i had a lot of people come and tell me how much they loved my performance and yeah. how sort of which by the way i hated with all of my soul and which i wasn't impressed so they come and tell me how i like the subtlety was just so brilliant mm-hmm. and in my brain i'm thinking that's like acting or acting for the screen 101 why are you people mesmerized by such basic <laughs> basic nonsense yeah <laughs> you know that's all i just kept thinking i was like hey god if you listen to nigerians you will not grow uh-huh. in the focus <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's true now because with that kind of um Constant praise now, not deceive myself that I have arrived. Yes, sir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. What would be your top tip for um, directors working with actors, like getting the best out of the actors? What is the top tip? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what top tip is. Like, you have to. Uh, Try to be a human being, I guess. Like, that's the only way you can direct the actors. Like, you yourself, you need to be a human, like, understand um, the psychology of of um, human beings. Yeah. Um, and that is something that you have to educate yourself personally. Mm. Because you can, you can learn all the frame like this, frame like that, and mm-hmm. all your storyboarding and all of that. But at the end of the day, as a director, you're working with humans. Yeah. It's how to communicate with human beings and get the best out of them, how to manipulate. And I say that in the best, (laughs) I'm not saying that in a negative at all, so that you can get the best um, performance from everybody, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what would you say would be a dream project? What would be your dream project? I don't I don't have a dream project. I just want to work. I want to I want to the projects that I have that I'm passionate about, I just want to be in that space creating art that inspires me, that inspires people, that feeds me. So I don't really have a dream project. Because you get that one project now, it's to finish, then mm. what's happen? Yeah. <laughs> And I have, I always have that. I'll be on set, I'll lament about how nothing is working, shouting, shouting, shouting. Nigerians will kill you. Hey, hey this, mm-hmm. this is nonsense. When we finish all that stress, I'll come back home, I'll lie down on my bed, I'll be looking at the ceiling and thinking, so what am I going to do with my life now? Yeah. <laughs> now that the project is over, after all that stuff ahead, I mean, shooting romances overrated was hell. Yeah. Yet when we were finally done, 
I was like, I want to be a set. Hey, I want to be a set. So I don't have a dream project. I just want to be, I just want the grace and privilege to continue to create yeah. um, because I find so much joy in, in creating. Um, but And it's even um, more of a blessing when you're able to create that which you desire to create, not out of the need to to foot bills, yeah. but you're in a hair. So just being in that space creating is is my greatest, um, is my dream. <laughs> yeah. Is my dream project. But as an actor, as an actor, I would like to be in a film. There are a couple of actors that I would like to be in a film with. One, I would like to be in Black Panther. Okay. I desire I desire to be Oruru Monroe someday. That yeah. storm. <laughs> um, two, I um I imagine being uh, um in the same space with Tilda Swinton. Oh my god, my chest. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so those are like as an actor, those are like dream dreams that you know. Yeah. That I look forward to. Okay. I mean, artists always have this relationship with their work that when they finish, it's kind of like maybe other people might enjoy it, but then there's this kind of love-hate. We have kind yeah. of weird feelings. Like, how has your experience yeah. been with your projects? I hate all of them, and I love all of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I watch it and I'm thinking, ew, oh my God. And... When when I get all these praises for them, especially as a director, as an actor, I don't uh, I don't really care. I appreciate every praise. But as a director, when people say, "Man, I saw that your film, I really loved it," like you see, loving Keke. Yeah. For the, now, I've accepted it. That's okay. They like it. They like it. Those first few, uh, that first year that it came out. Huh. And I was just getting hailed for it, including my husband. My husband loved it so much, which was the strangest thing ever. Yeah. I just kept wondering why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd watch it and just shake my head. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, so yeah. The one film that I um that I'm actually I actually don't hate, which which is strange, is actually um, my my first um, anthology, my my romance romances overrated, and I guess maybe because it's my first, it was my first, and because of the kind of sophiaed that went into it, and mm. how much love was poured into it, yeah. in terms of making it with myself and passionate friends that have gone on to be wonderful filmmakers now. Mm. So I guess you know, and the film is so like is so like the technique, the sound is so bad. Like this guy that came and boboed me, boboed me, boboed mm-hmm. me. Oyana, come and be the sound guy. The sound was a disaster. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but I still watch it and I'm still happy. I like it. I'm, I'm grateful for it. So that's the one film that I don't watch and I don't hate. Yeah. Even with all its flaws. But every 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 other one, I'm like, nay, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. I love it and I hate it. I like that I've done, I, I've made them, and we're done with them. But I just hate the imperfections. Yeah, <laughs> the industry is um, growing, it's changing, and um, there are some things that need fixing. Like, what do you think is the most important thing 
that needs to be fixed? Um, um, before I would say like, oh, funding, funding. Always funding, I would, you know, like always say, oh, we need funding, which obviously like we do. But I've realized recently um, in the last two years that um, our major problem is us as a people. Yeah. Um, we like, yeah, we need to deal with us. We need to find who we are. We need to figure out our identity as a people. Yeah. And yeah, and we need to work on our knowledge, knowledge level. Yeah. Because with every person that I work with, um, I realize that this are our format. It can only be expressed with how much knowledge you have. There's nothing like there's no magic that wants to be done. Mm. What is your exposure level? You know, yeah. like I told you with you know going to Durban and going to Waga Film Lab and then just basically traveling to all these other spaces where you experience other cultures, other types of cinemas and yeah. storytelling. So you can only give what you fed yourself yeah. with. And I I realized, first of all, as a people, we're not a thinking people. That's as Nigerians. So, mm-hmm. so we don't like, we don't, it's not even an insult. This one is just facts. We don't, we're, we're lazy thinkers. Yeah. We just want to make money, quick money, mm-hmm. without working our brain, without finding solutions and value, value additions. So, those are the things that I'm like, man, our skill, our skill set needs to be upgraded badly. Because sometimes we don't even know. So we think that, okay, we're using the latest technology. Yeah. And while we've, while we've struggled, we've saved money to buy um, this latest technology, as we just, they buy the thing, they don't release on it. Like, where mm-hmm. globally, what people are doing globally, they have left us since yeah you understand exactly in you know storytelling is no longer like uh it's gone beyond far beyond our um what are now people are thinking okay what else can we do what else you know the tech that is out there i i still feel very frustrated that something as basic as lighting Mm. we still import you know so i'm like are you telling me all the people that are doing engineering in school yeah. cannot design lights for us what's, what's that are you telling me you know there's this guy that um has started to create hardware his name um what's he called something x oh god i forget it why can i forget it his name is chuksha he has this company um that designs so he's been making sliders yeah. He's been, um, yeah, he's been manufacturing sliders by himself. Because I'm like, why would you something like sliders too? Who imports? Yeah. You know, so he's trying to make like grips and things like that. And it's just unfortunate, like, that he's the only one that I know. Well, we have iron, we have like, we have everything here. So uh, when we go to school, what, what exactly are we doing inside this school? Yeah. That things have to be imported. So, so um, the company, is it, um, Film anatomy. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Chuk's film anatomy. Yes. Yeah. You know, which you know, he also wanted to um, make films, but then he thought like this is a need in the industry. Hardware yeah. is the way forward. Yeah. And I think and um, I um, applaud his um, 
courage. his vision. And I applaud, yes, that he went after it, his courage. Yeah. So, yeah, our skill base, our knowledge base, and our identity are things that really need to be fixed. Because, you know, Mata, I've seen us use, they'll tell us that it's 200 million, that was the budget of this film. Mm. I'll watch the film, it looks exactly like my Roku film. So, it's not money. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly. We can only, you can only give what you, like, there's no magic you want to do. Yeah. The only thing that's inside you is what you give out. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, are there any projects in the works that you're excited about? Anything you can mention? I always, uh, I, I, I mean, I just finished the series, um, a web series. I've always wanted to do one. So yeah. I'm glad that I, I got the opportunity to do that. Um, we're editing now, so I'm looking forward to seeing the finished product and just seeing what it looks like on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but um, there, like, there are two projects that I've been passionate about for the longest time that I developed since that I've been developing since 2015, and Namoniu Kila. Uh-huh. So I I have so many projects that I'm excited about. Like I told you, I'm always constantly, even if I'm not on set, I'm mm. constantly in the development room in the writer's room yeah. working on stories and all of that so i have all these all these projects there but there are two particular one one is a love story and one is a comedy straight up comedy like entourage yeah think entourage kind of style and but more for the music industry okay in nigeria yeah. so uh, yeah but Right now, it's just basically looking for where the funds are going to come from because they're quite, and they're they're not the usual TV. It's a big budget um, production uh. with a lot of exteriors, like the love story. Now, Lagos is a character on its own in the story, yeah. and you already know that that one is a problem on its own. Uh-huh. Just <laughs> trying to shoot in Lagos, especially if you've made Lagos this this person Uh in this film Uh so you already know think location think area boys think logistics that alone has carried like half of the budget yeah yeah so namo it's just money it really is just money just to bankroll them and while we're trying to while we're looking for the monies to make these these films that i really want to make (laughs) I will be collecting all the other side, other people's. I will be, you know, taking mm. all the other director jobs yeah. for other people, directing other people's projects. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people keep up with you? Like, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on social media. Find me on Facebook, Belinda Yanga Geda, and on, in, on Instagram, Belinda underscore Yanga. Um, I'm heavily... I'm a heavy user of Instagram, so if you want, go and find me there. Um, then Twitter is Belinda Yanga, and I'm hardly ever there. But you want to see me, Instagram and then Facebook. Everything I post on Instagram shows on Facebook anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just type Belinda Yanga, you will find me online. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Belinda, for coming on The Niger Filmmaker. Thank you so much for having me. We have come to the end of this episode. Please remember to leave a rating and a review and send in your feedback on social media 
follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SellerGolfFilm and the podcast also on Instagram and Twitter at the Niger Film Pod. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.